swing and a line drive left field. Ben Benintendi coming on, dives, and did he make the catch? He did. He got it. There we go. It's time to party right here. Three two. Welcome to Benny and the Bets Podcast. Can you believe it? Here's your host, Terry Cushman. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Benny and the Bats podcast covering Boston Red Sox baseball. Been a long time since we've uh, hit the airways here, uh, especially for an episode that is primarily Red Sox related. So uh, definitely uh, happy to be back trying to get my bearings again. Charlie Smith, Jason Kelly, both with me tonight. How are you, gentlemen? Other day in uh, quarantine life, just hanging in there. Yeah, pretty much, you know, just trying to get my stuff in order. I'm just, you know, trying to count the days down until this is over. <laughs> it's it's never ending, though. We, we don't know when the, uh, the, you know, the end time is. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, my life is the same. I'm working every day. I work an essential job. Uh, if you go to the first of the year, um, I'm, I have a streak going of well over 100 days of not getting the coronavirus. Pretty sure I'll go undefeated for the year. Um, but uh, I'm missing sports. And, you know, you. I don't want to get too political or anything, but if you look across the news, you can tell – a lot of communities across the country are getting antsy and, you know, they want to get back to normal. So I'm hoping that things uh, trend that way and maybe we'll get an idea of what kind of season we're going to have. <laughs> it's going to be interesting, that's for sure. Uh, I'm, I'll, I'll say this much with also not not being political. I'm, I'm happy to hear that with your position and your streak of 100 days that you haven't caught it. Um, I'm knocking on wood for you, if you can hear that, because uh, it's just insane how quickly one can get it. And I'm just praying that nobody I know or nobody I don't know, um, you know, just I I wouldn't want my worst enemy to get this because I've already, I know of now five, five people and one's gravely ill that have already succumbed to this. So um, every day it's just like another day of thanks, but like you, uh, missing sports terribly. Uh, last year on my birthday, I saw Michael Chavez hit his first home run. So not getting to do that again this year. Yeah, it's um, it, it's obvious that a lot of people are missing sports at this point because even if you just, you know, dare to leave your house to go to the grocery store or something you can tell it's people are people are getting tight people are getting real pushy and antsy and uh i think you know lack of sports and just lack of really anything to do is has a lot to do with that so you know we had some positive news about the nhl today we've got the nfl draft tomorrow hopefully we'll have some positive news about baseball going forward because uh people need it man it's 
it's getting tight out there. I'm still holding on to the pipe dream that there can be butts in the seats at these games wherever they get held. Um, you know, we'll see. Maybe, maybe that is a pipe dream, but uh, I hope it happens <laughs> for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So um, now that we're back, um, we were planning on doing a different type of show tonight, which we will probably move to the Sunday to Wednesday time frame where uh, we're going to profile 10 of our most hated active MLB players. And just this afternoon, I was kind of getting ready for that. I was watching some stuff on Ryan Braun on YouTube and, uh, you know, just trying to get the timeline of all of his controversies. Spoiler alert, I guess Ryan Braun's on the list. Um, but yeah, so I was doing that. I get an alert from the athletic Red Sox punishments came down today. So I was like, I immediately just tossed my pen and I'm like, well, these notes are no good for tonight. Um, because we're going to switch gears to that. So, for everyone uh, in the audience, I guess I'll just do a rundown real quick of uh, what uh, was released today by the commissioner's office. The investigation is, in fact, over. The Red Sox will forfeit a second-round draft pick this year, which might be worse than it sounds because there's only going to be, they think, five rounds. So that's the glass-half-empty look at it. If you're a glass-half-full person... We're only giving up a second round pick. There's no other penalties beyond that. So that was one of the three sanctions. Advanced scout and video room operator JT Watkins will be suspended for all of 2020. And then when he comes back uh, for 2021, he won't be able to work in the video room uh, in that capacity. So he'll still be doing his scouting stuff, I would imagine, but won't be in the video room. The Red Sox did not fire him and stated in a conference call today that they don't plan to take any more action against him. So he will probably uh, remain with the organization. And then finally, the one we were all waiting for, uh, Alex Cora suspended uh, for all of 2020 through uh, the playoffs. So he essentially got the same exact suspension that A.J. Hinch and uh, Jeffrey Lunau got. So we'll get, we're going to spend probably the bulk of the episode talking about Alex Cora. But before we do get into him, I guess, uh, Jason, what were your thoughts on uh, the, you know, losing the draft pick? How can it hurt the team? And, how light of a punishment do you think that really was? Yeah, I, I would categorize it as a moderate punishment um, because the draft is going to be shorter this year. Like you said, it's going to be five rounds at max 10. Um, the second round pick hurts a lot more. It's certainly not insignificant. Um, in you know previous drafts, losing a second round pick wouldn't be the worst thing because there's so many rounds in the MLB draft that you can make up for it uh, this year. That won't be the case. So it's, it's kind of the equivalent to an NFL team losing a second round pick. It's, it's going to hurt, um, but it's not a first round pick. Um, they didn't get docked any international signing money. So 
it's not like they still can't go out and get young players. Um, and because the draft is going to be so short this year, there's going to be a lot of amateur free agents. So they can still go into that amateur free agent pool and find plenty of good young players to hopefully stack their farm system with. So does it hurt? Yeah, it's it's still a pretty moderate to, to moderately heavy punishment, but it could have been a lot worse. So I, I think in a lot of ways they skated big time. Charlie, your thoughts? Uh, I am erring on the side of it being... I thought the punishment was going to be more severe, only because in the past, I've said this very publicly, that I don't believe that all teams get punished equally. And the Red Sox have, statistically speaking, been a team that usually gets punished worse. But us losing a second-round pick... um, we're already a team that's been in trouble. We look back at some of the the second round picks from last year and last year in the second round, the Red Sox drafted a shortstop and I don't remember if they had another one in round two. Oh, they did. They had two picks in the second round. Um, that would have ideally been perhaps another spot to get a pitcher. And with the fact that the Red Sox have nothing, um, outside of Ivaldi uh, and Eduardo Rodriguez and Martin Perez right now, a couple other names. I mean, this is going to be a lost season no matter what. It's going to be part of the rebuild. If we were, like, right there about to compete to get another World Series, I would say this hurt more because we're still not there yet. Overall, probably less. Yeah, I'm going to go with, with, with what Jason said there, it, it's not going to hurt as bad because we're not in contention to be completely fully transparent. You know, we've been pretty disconnected. Well, I have been disconnected uh, from the sport with with all of the, you know, the lockdowns, the quarantines, and just the, you know, the lack of general activity. So, but I do remember recalling earlier in the winter when we were kind of getting mixed signals you know, with the investigation, um, you know, we were speculating on how severe this could be because the one thing hanging over our heads was the Apple watches. So we're repeat offenders here. And I was thinking, you know, we could lose multiple picks for multiple years, like maybe your first and second rounders for the first two years. So, so I guess with that, I, I, you know, I guess I'm a little more, relieved it was only one second round pick i'm with you absolutely i'm I'm with you i i was see i was expecting the international money to get hit i thought they were going to take a big chunk out of that so you know just losing one second round pick yeah i think that's pretty good excellent point yeah because i mean we got bogarts you know through the international system and did we get devers that way as well i believe we did I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been uh, an avenue where we've, you know, landed some, some really good talent. So, so yes, only one second round pick that probably hurts bloom more than anyone personally. Cause he's such a nerd, you know, and I, I think losing a sixth round pick on a normal year might be painful to him. So, um, but you know, our farm system isn't great, but you know, could have been a lot worse. Um, let's get over to JT Watkins because we all knew this guy was going down, you know, 
<laughs> nobody i don't know how when the report dropped let's just say six hours ago nobody knew who the hell jt watkins was now he's like now he's suspended he's the fall guy and just to let everybody know who he is just one more time he actually was drafted as a player in I think the 2010 draft, maybe the 2012 drafts, somewhere in that time frame, he was coming up as a catcher, and and by coming up not very far, um, you know, he went to Lowell. He might have advanced one, to the next level of A ball, and I think 2016 was his final year in the minors. He had 88 at bats, hit only 182 with an OPS of three something, so. You know, he, he was kind of a bust as a prospect. The Red Sox hired him as like an advanced scout, uh, you know, kind of doing analytic type stuff. And then he gradually uh, worked his way into his current role where he would be in the video room uh, during the games, uh, you know, working the replays for when they wanted to challenge or whatnot. And then, um, before and after games, he'd be decoding signs, which is legal before and after games. And, um, you know, he would help prepare certain players for certain games. I don't know exactly what that means. Maybe starting pitchers for, you know, upcoming lineups, whatnot. But that was his role, and he was uh, suspended for the remainder of this year for however much they play. And again, will not be able to work the video room in 2021. And I'll also note that his father, Danny Watkins has been a Red Sox scout since 2004 and, uh, was the one who discovered, uh, Mookie Betts and led to him being drafted, uh, in the fourth round of, I think the 2011 draft, um, so, you know, he, he had ties to the organization prior to coming in and, uh, you know, he's the fall guy. So what's your read on this, Jason, you know, based on the reports that have come out? Yeah. Um, I, I want to know if, you know, John Henry and, and the Red Sox brass, you know, had a phone call or a conversation with Bill Belichick. You know, when, when this whole thing was going on, because did they call him and go, hey, uh, you've had two cheating scandals come your way. What, how did you do it? You know, Bill just told him, oh, you just got to find some low level chump and, you know, lay it all on him and, and say it was all his fault. Because like like you said, we never know. We never knew who this guy was before this investigation. And, um, you know, it, it just seems like he, you're right. He's the fall guy. He's just he's the Matt Estrella. He's the John Jastrzemski of the Red Sox uh, cheating scandal. It's some poor kid in, in the replay room. So, um, yeah, I mean, and just the fact that he's not going to get fired by the Red Sox, that it's going to be suspended for a year, but then he's allowed to go back and, you know, resume his role or whatever. So, um, again, not, not a massive punishment. I mean, the guy's not even going to really lose his job. So, it looks like they just kind of picked out a fall guy and said, "Oh yeah, that that guy. He works in the replay room. Let, you know, let's let's get him." Um, and that was it. Charlie. So um, you were right when you were talking about him, Kush. So this kid is—he's uh, to say like a great soldier for the team. This kid was drafted, like you mentioned, 2012, tenth round. Guy was way back there, but 
out of West Point, I think Alex Cora picked the right guy who was disciplined, could follow directions. If this is indeed all the things that he did, he ends up becoming the perfect fall guy, just like you were saying. Um, this is a kid that knows the team very well. Um, it, it doesn't surprise me that uh, the punishment was the year. It's not surprising me that even post-2020, his punishment will still stand. Um, I, I truly feel no matter what the result was going to be, this guy 100% was going to take a hit just because of his title. If you are involved with any kind of camera work or anything like that, you're going to get tagged. And JT Watkins was that guy. See, uh, you know, my mind has been kind of spinning on this and, you know, I'm trying to connect the dots of what makes sense and what doesn't. And what, the day the Red Sox fired Alex Cora and acknowledged that Major League Baseball was in the early stages of their investigation on the Red Sox, Tom Warner, High and Bloom, and probably even John Henry, I don't remember what everyone said word for word, but the key phrase that was mentioned in regards to this ongoing investigation was to reserve judgment. And oh, yeah. it's like they kind of, it's like they they had already coordinated everything with the players. Everybody had been spoken to, and and they they were just going to go along with some program, and and you know they they were just all in sync, and and they had a the game plan and how to handle the investigation for when they all got interviewed. And the one thing I keep going back to is Cora had to know this was coming. As soon as the report on him and, and Carlos Beltran dropped in that first Astros bombshell, I think I think Cora's he kinda knew something was coming and I think he alerted ownership. He he might have alerted the players, and he himself might have might have basically helped the team prepare for this investigation because it just seemed like it just seemed like the day he got fired, everything was in order, and then within days, nothing was expected to come out of this. And I'm just speculating for the record, <laughs> you know, I, you know, so for anyone listening, I don't, this is just my own, you know, hypothesis here. And I, you know, I don't have anything to base it on, but I just feel like there was a lot of groundwork. That's probably the, the phrase I've been needing all along. There was a lot of groundwork on the part of the team, you know, and, and coordinating before, before they actually met with investigators. Yeah, I think it, it, it definitely feels like they had a, a lot of info from MLB as to, you know, which way it was going to go, you know, well before it was even announced. So, yeah, they I think they did lay a lot of groundwork heading into this. And it was obvious. I mean, once the Astros situation got handed down, I mean, I, I don't think if the Red Sox really did do anything remotely close to what Houston did, then they did not get punished the same way. 
But uh, I think the Red Sox got their their ducks lined up. They knew what they had to do because they knew it wasn't going to be, okay, we're just going to slap you on the wrist like Houston a couple years ago. They knew something was coming. And just like you mentioned, I mean, they, they knew who, who was going to take the fall. They knew what was going to happen. It was just a matter of time. And we found out finally today. It only took until almost the end of April for us to find out, a month into the season, really, um, who got suspended, who got fired, and what's going to happen for 2021. Yeah, I just... Yankee fans are are chirping uh, on Twitter, you know, that we got off easy. And we know we got off easy. And I just feel like I'm just uncomfortable pinning it on JT Watkins because there's just no way. And the commissioner's report... You know, the the summary of the findings said that the players and coaching staff were not aware of anything going on with the video room. So it's like, how does how does this guy get fired then? How did I mean, how does JT Watkins get the suspension? And how does the draft pick factor in? It just it just doesn't make sense. It just looks like Manfred kind of threw the Red Sox a bone and, and it's just, I don't know. It's hard to look at these results with a straight face and, and say, you know, it was a fair investigation and, and it makes perfect sense that, you know, Watkins was the mastermind, you know, I don't know. Oh, I said that. I don't think he was the mastermind. I think he followed directions and was told what to do and what to say. Similar to, to what Jason said, you know, like maybe he took a page out of uh, BB's book. Who knows? There's, no, there's, We're never going to know. We're never going to find out all the details. It's going to be shut, done, dealt with. We're never going to know. We'll be wondering. Sure. But Yeah, this, this feels like Manfred has been so tied up lately with everything relating to COVID-19 and, you know, trying to get the season back on track. And he had his mind so wrapped up in that that this almost the Red Sox investigation almost slipped his mind in a way. And he went, oh, yeah, I really got to make a ruling on that. Okay, uh, yeah, second round pick and whoever that replay kid is. Yeah, just suspend him. That works. You know, like yeah. he just kind of threw it out there. He's like, all right, that's done. Now back to real business. Yeah. yeah. Do- doesn't this play a lot less, though, you know, if he released the findings on February 26th? I mean, because it was only two weeks prior, the Astros had that god awful media day where Bregman just sounded completely insincere and, you know, very little accountability was taken. It was just a blunder of a day. And the owner, Jim Crane, took a lot of criticism for his statements that day. And Manfred was having to give interviews with, you know, all the big networks, ESPN, Fox Sports, all those guys. And I just feel like there's no way he could have released this and ran with JT Watkins on February 26th. Like this COVID-19 stuff was was a godsend, I think, to to uh, Manfred. Another good way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah, it probably was. Yeah. This is the last thing. Absolutely. So, uh, finally, getting into uh, the part that a lot of people are probably waiting for 
um, you know, Alex Cora suspended uh, for 2020. Just focusing in on that specifically, Jason, were you surprised that it was only a year? Um, not act, not at this point. No, I like. I remember when we had this show, you know, a couple months ago, and we were talking about what we thought the punishment would be, and I said it would be at least a couple of years because we were hearing all these reports that, you know, it was going to be much worse than what Hinch and and Moonhow got. But when you look at sort of, you know, everything that came out today, the fact that it was just a second round pick, the fact that it was just the replay video room guy, it's like. The more you look at it, the more you realize they either couldn't find anything or they didn't have as much as they thought. Or at the end of the day, they just got exhausted with it and they don't want to deal with it anymore. So I actually wasn't surprised that it was for a year. I think that they're just MLB and, and Rob Manford is so tired of this and they're just looking to wash their hands of it. So um, I was not surprised it ended up being just a year. I, I think that the, this whole thing is just um, I think MLB's mishandled it. For, for a great deal, and I think they just got tired of dealing with it. So I wasn't that surprised, actually. Charlie? Just what, I mean, Jason's hit, hitting it right on the head today. Um, this couldn't have happened at a better time because at a time when people want to people wanna see sports, this was the last thing on anybody's mind. It was, yeah, punish them, take a pick. Someone's going to get fired. What else is going to happen? We're still not going to play baseball for a little while anyways, um, because this punishment would have been a lot more severe had coronavirus not happened. This punishment would have also felt a little bit more uh, severe and sincere had it happened a little bit after Houston as opposed to waiting this much time. And that's why people are upset. If uh, the Red Sox had gotten punished not long after and maybe something else happened i i think people would have felt a little bit more comfortable the fact that this happened everyone's going to say oh well the red sox got off scot-free because no one's focused on the red sox right now they just got away with murder yeah i i was a little surprised that that it was only one year Alex Cora, unlike, you know, Hinch, Lunau, I can't remember. I don't think anyone else got suspended. But, um, you know, Cora was a hands-on guy. And that was made known early on. And Beltran was the other guy. But Beltran couldn't be touched because he was a player. And there was a lot of complications. The union would have fought it. And, and, and MLB would have lost. You know, Manfred has admitted he would have lost. So Cora was really the only hands-on guy, excuse me, that could be suspended. And, you know, uh, he was named in some of the early reports. And then the Dark Arts and uh, Code Breaker article came out and, you know, kind of talked about the front office. And then a day or two after that came out, another athletic writer came out with his own article, again, putting it on Cora and Beltran, saying that the dark arts and code breaker thing wasn't enough to gain the edge they needed. So Cora and Beltran went on with their own plan. So I I expected, you know, a two or three year suspension because of that. And I was even thinking maybe even for life. I mean, I, I said that on 
previous shows and uh, I was way off, you know, in that regard, but um, a little surprised it wasn't, wasn't multiple years, but you know, is what it is. He got what the other two got and um, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. So actually that kind of leads to the next question here. Um, is he coming back? In 2021, like, because, and before you answer that, as soon as the commissioner's findings came out, the beat writers were all, they got their pom-poms out right away, and, and you know, they were saying, well, you know, he could come back, you know, and he's still under contract, and and the Red Sox love him, and and the players love him, and apparently the beat writers love him. I, I don't think they expressed that directly, but... Um, there was a lot of cheering going on and Carabas was, you know, revving up his base and, and, you know, any fan of any team isn't going to take accountability, you know? So a lot of, a lot of people were saying that, you know, the findings exonerated, uh, Cora, you know, even though he was still on the hook for the Astros aspect of things, but, um, but that, that was the vibe. And then, and then, you know, the, the conference call seemed to kind of set a different tone, but, uh, Jason, so is he coming back in, in 2021? Would you be in favor of it and put a percentage on it? Um, I think he is coming back, but I don't think he's going to come back and manage the Red Sox. Um, I don't know if he'll take, if he'll get a manager's position somewhere else. It seems likely that he would, but it's hard to tell. You know, I I don't know if he would take a smaller role somewhere else to try to like kind of do the Ron Washington thing, you know, after Ron Washington got caught up in all of his mess where he took a smaller role to kind of build up some clout again. I don't know if he would do that. I do think he's coming back. Um, just not as manager of the Red Sox. I, it, the percentage on that specifically, I would put well below 40, 30%, you know, somewhere around there because I feel like the Red Sox, because they said it so quickly today that, you know, we, we fired him for these reasons and we're not going to bring him back. I think that was them putting the kibosh on any rumors or anybody trying to say like, they're, you know, this is definitely going to happen. and He's definitely going to be the manager again. Um, you, you don't just remove an interim tag, especially when there's no baseball going on. I mean, it's not like they're they're suiting up to play tomorrow, right? Like they may not play at all again this year, and they still today came out and said, nope, he's not coming back. So um, I also like the small conspiracy theorist part of me wonders if like them saying that today was part of a sort of handshake, nudge, nudge, wink, wink agreement they had with Manfred. Where he said, look, I won't punish you guys too harshly, but you can't just hire him back next year. Because, like, you know, it, I'm, I'm letting you guys off easy, but just don't hire him back right away. So maybe that's not the case. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think he's going to come back and manage the Red Sox next year. Charlie. I, uh, yeah, I, I also, as, as fun as it would be to, to see him come back, I just... I don't think I'd want him back. And, and if they said that, I don't think that the Red Sox fans would have it. And while ownership would be perhaps okay with him coming back, 
just the negative stigma that has happened uh, surrounding Alex Cora, the team needs to go in a fresh direction. Um, it's it's not to say that 2018 was tainted, but uh, I don't think anyone's going to be able to look at him and not think, oh, well, yeah, he's the manager that cheated. Not once, but possibly multiple times and on multiple teams. So could he manage again? Sure. Do I think he'll manage again? I think there's a real long shot of that for the future. Do I think he'll be a coach again? I absolutely do. So coach percentage, about 85 90%. Manage percentage, maybe 20%. Red Sox manager, less than 1%. I just don't think the team will do it. And I think there's going to be enough fans that say, well, if he's there, we're not coming back. Just to, before I get into my thing, uh, just to kind of build off something Jason said, um, you know, whether maybe the commissioner conveyed that he wouldn't want to see Cora come back, you know, that kind of hurts the integrity of the investigation. But again, they did pin it all on JT Watkins. Um, but the one thing that, kind of comes to mind is that it was said throughout the Astros part of it, especially leading up to their media day uh, as they opened camp, uh, that most owners across the sport thought the Astros got off too light and that the players should have been suspended regardless of the complicated circumstances that would have been required to successfully pursue that. And I just think if, if 29 owners are that mad at the Astros, you know, how, how could the Red Sox pull off hiring him back after one year and then have to face those same 29 owners? Like they would frown on that too, I would think. And I just think it would, the optics would be bad and, you know, it, it would kind of be disrespectful you know, towards the commissioner, you know, and the rest of the league to just, you know, suddenly not take it seriously a year later. But also to kind of build off some stuff that Charlie said, every every infraction in the future, regardless of how minor it is, if Core is the manager, it's going to be a major infraction and it's probably going to lead to an investigation, maybe not one as intense as the one we just finished but um i just think you're you're setting yourself up for just a ton of liability and high and bloom you know he's had nothing but controversies the whole time he's been here and most of them you know were from before he got here you know i I think the the chris sale thing was a little weird but you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna blame how the whole tommy john thing got played out on him but, um, you know, there's just been, uh, you know, a lot of complications. And I, I just think the last thing he needs is Alex Cora. And I think he's going to go with his own guy. I'm calling my shot right now. He's going to get the, the Tampa Bay bench coach next year, Matt Quatrero, if I said that right. I think that's going to be the guy he wants. And regardless, he's going to want his own guy that he's comfortable with. That's not going to get him suspended, you know, for a year going on down the line. Because he could get the same punishment as Lunau, you know, if if something happens on Cora's watch. Yeah, 
And, you know, I think part of the um, the Red Sox have a huge, huge image problem right now. I mean, all the not just the cheating investigation, but the Chris Sale news, the Mookie Betts trade, like the last thing that they probably want to do is bring in, you know, bring Cora back after firing him and sort of go back on their own word. I just think a lot of fans would look at him and be like, wait a minute. So you fired him because you said it was unacceptable what he did. But because he only got suspended a year, now you're willing to hire him right back? That doesn't make any sense. So I think if there was any discussion about it at all, I think it probably got shut down pretty quick by Tom Werner and the likes of that saying, oh, we, we can't do that. Absolutely. Um, Al, uh, I reached out to Al and Andrew. Uh, Al is in favor of Cora coming back next year, says there's a 55% chance that you could see that. And Andrew is the most optimistic of all of us, uh, is also in favor of Cora coming back. 75% chance he gives him. And I, I mean, I, we're all kind of not on that end of the spectrum. I never, I didn't give my percentage. I, I'll say, I'll say a fifteen percent chance that he comes back, and I'm not in favor of it anyway. But um, yeah, I mean, he would have to like start his apology tour right away. He would have to. Uh, I the the key word actually. Let me uh, give the exact quotes from. Um, high in bloom, and actually they they might not necessarily be exact because they could only fit so much into a tweet. But uh, from Rod Rob Bradford, um, he asked if uh, he, you know if Bloom would hire Alex Cora again, and uh, Cora, uh, excuse me, Bloom basically cited the reason they initially parted ways for uh, with him anyway and said that his firing had nothing to do with the Red Sox investigation and uh, it was purely the Astros uh, scandal that got him fired and that is still the case. So meaning, so nothing's changed uh, as a result of today. Uh, Sam Kennedy also uh, gave a quote and uh, says that he believes Cora should manage again uh, that's his personal feeling. He does need to go through a rehab process. What he did was wrong. He acknowledged that uh, and apologized to us. He says, I'm a big believer in second chances and we wish him well. So it sounds like he's he's thinking Cora will come back. But, you know, much like you said, Jason, probably uh, elsewhere in the league. So not a lot of enthusiasm. They didn't really... They didn't really give any hints that they were leaning that way. I, I think for him to come back, he would have to do whatever that rehab process is, do the apology tour. I think it would be an awkward thing for the Red Sox to do anyway with Ron Renneke about to take over. You know, I don't think Renneke wants anything hanging over his head. So... I'm curious how long they're going to be keeping the term interim. Oh, that was that was taken off today. Actually, the, oh. all, all the beat writers, yeah, tweeted that widely. I probably should have mentioned that earlier. Um, so he is the manager, but they did say and uh, and clarified that his contract is definitely only a one year contract, 
and um, you know maybe they reevaluate after that. His his initial bench coach contract also ran up this year before he was promoted anyway. So um, yeah, I mean, I think I think they have an idea as to which direction they're going to go next year. I think it's Quatrero, but do you guys have any? Um, you know, do you guys have any guesses as to who they might come in? Like, do you have a candidate on your radar? I honestly haven't haven't thought about <laughs> managerial candidates um, in a while because, again, like we're disconnected. I, we still, yeah, it's it's everything so disconnected. I have no idea what kind of a season, if at all, we're gonna have this year. So. For all we know, Ron Ranicki never, may never manage a game as Red Sox manager. He'll finish with an 0-0 record, um, you know, before his contract runs up. So, yeah, I haven't really thought of anybody. I like the idea of that a bench coach in Tampa, though. I think that would be that'd be a good move for them. But we'll see. That's been like the the long thing with Major League Baseball. Let's just pick from the Rays. They have great everything: great coaches, <laughs> great players, except for Carl Crawford. He was a bum. But, I mean, it's – there are so many teams now that rather than going to get coaches, they're going to get players that used to play ball. And I'm curious to know how many more players in the future will continue to get shots. Like Aaron Boone getting a shot, there's no way he gets a phone call if he doesn't hit that home run off of Timmy Wakefield in 2003. It just doesn't happen. He was an average player. He had one memorable play. That was it before his injury, which basically got him cut, which entered, opened the door for A-Rod. But I'm curious to know how many more players from that era, early 2000s, late 90s, are going to get calls. I've said, you know, I'd love to see somebody like Tim Wakefield as a coach. I think he he already had the um, support of the team. A lot of people have had whispers about like someone like Jason Veritek being a coach and kind of working his way up. But I think if they're smart... They're going to come not during the rebuild time. They're going to come when it's a little bit more settled. Um, I don't know. Like I, I, There are a couple players that I thought of, but as far as a coach coach, no. That, that's that's tough. Yeah, I mean, Bochi and, and Showalter will be out there. One thing to consider, though, that came to mind is the new GM of the Astros was basically the next guy under Bloom. So they hired, you know, a Tampa Bay's, you know, front office, uh, you know, executive. And Dusty Baker, you know, the manager of the Astros, also only on a one-year deal. So I wonder if both teams would, you know, engage in a tug-of-war for a Quatrero type guy and who would win i you know i i don't know which team looks better in the long run you know yeah hopefully probably oh you think houston Houston a little more young talent than than we do their farm system definitely is better they have that tucker kid and who was that guy that was dhing i forget his name already is it alvarez Uh yeah, Jordan Alvarez. Yeah, yeah, so he's gonna be a stud for quite some time. They have Altuve uh locked up long term. Um he, he... here's the thing about Alvarez though, Kush. 
uh, he's going to be the DH for the foreseeable future because he had some, uh, I guess, underlying health problems. I think it was a knee or, or a leg issue, which is preventing him from really doing um, field work. So he's going to be the DH, and if he can continue to do what he does, he's going to be the slimmer version of Big Poppy because that guy does damage. Yeah. Bad damage. <laughs> That's a good comp, and I th- I think he's a lefty too, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah he, he swings from the side too. So, um, the the two names that come to mind for like players that I, I don't I don't know about how to say his name uh, Aristides Aquino, the guy from Cincinnati that had played I think like twelve major league games and had like fifteen home runs, and everyone was like, "Where the hell did this guy come from?" Mm. Uh, you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, he's, he's a big right-handed, uh, right-handed power hitter in Cincinnati. Guy's a machine. That was the thing with Lunau. He just, he just understood value. He just got great value out of all of his transactions, whether they were signings or trades, and he seemed to retain the right guys. You know, he didn't like the Cubs. You know, give up Glaber Torres or whatever, but. Um, but yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how that front office operates in the future, because that's kind of what I'm hoping will happen, you know, with Bloom, and I'm I'm hoping to find the genius, you know, <laughs> behind, you know, the the Rays, and and you know, hope hope that he brings that to Boston. But yeah, so interesting day you know we didn't see this coming uh you know just kind of fell in our laps early this afternoon uh i think rob manfred loves the boston red Sox. i think they're his favorite team and uh you know that's to our benefit but another thing too with manfred that i mentioned from time to time he spent millions of dollars bringing down alex rodriguez and it was a nasty public battle And then his first year as commissioner, he does his tour of all the leagues and they bring him up into the Nesson booth and uh, they asked him if uh, Big Poppy would uh, be a Hall of Famer, in his opinion. MLB obviously has nothing to do with it because it's the writers, but but Manfred's like, yeah, yeah, I think he'll be a Hall of Famer. And I think they mentioned like 03 kind of subtly. And Manfred, uh, his response to that after bringing Rodriguez down from steroids, he says about 03, he goes, oh, well, the testing wasn't very accurate back then. And, you know, none of that was really reliable. So just loves the Red Sox, apparently. And uh, Might as well have made Carabas the commissioner. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Captain Homer, yeah. Um, we definitely don't broadcast out of Homerville here. But, um, yeah, so I don't know. Just uh, interesting, and, uh, you know, we'll go out there, and we're still, I would guess, three or four weeks away from some type of spring training opening up. And it'll be interesting to see if they allow extra players instead of just the 26 you know, to help get the the pitcher stretched out a little bit more because it'll be an abbreviated camp. But 
Well, we'll see what happens. You know, I'm just kind of have my eye on the news. And like I said uh, in the opening, people are getting a little rambunctious. And what ha- what's going on with the NHL? You said they had good news. I didn't see that. Yeah, they, they announced today that they're working on a plan to resume it in July. And they're going to have it in um, certain areas in, like, you know, North Dakota, stuff like that. So they're going to try to do the season all from – you know, those locations where they can get space to do it and good ice to do it. But it's nothing's been confirmed yet, but it's it's a plan that they're they're working on is they're they're shooting for July. Okay, I'm kind of surprised that, you know, June wouldn't be because, I mean, a month is a lifetime, you know, numbers are starting to starting to dip and New York, especially, I think. They they had almost 800 uh, fatalities a day for a short stretch, and now they're down to the 400. So I, I couldn't imagine, you know, how much lower it could be 30 days from now. But but we'll yeah. see, we'll see. It's all it's all open to interpretation, and you know, some areas of the country are going to be different from others. So, uh, any Agreed. final thoughts? Uh, no. I mean, I, at this point, I just please let there be something of a baseball season. I, I don't even care if they do like a two month tournament kind of thing. I know it won't really count, but just give me something. I can't like playing MLB the show every day just isn't cutting it for me. See, I can't even play. I, I have not- the show 19. I am too depressed to play it. I just can't. Try. I, I uh. I, I can't play the show, and apparently neither can Eduardo Rodriguez, who got absolutely beanballed by uh, Snell from Tampa Bay. I was actually watching that on YouTube, and I was like, all right, maybe the Red Sox will win a get. No. <laughs> so Snell, I actually felt really bad for Blake Snell. Blake Snell was facing, um, oh, goodness, really, Amir. Amir Garrett. Amir yeah. Garrett, yeah. Amir Garrett Square. won that game in, in the fourth inning off of a bunt, and that, that was tough. Winning on a bunt. I'm I'm with uh, Blake Snell on that one. Winning on a bunt was sad, but uh, yeah, yeah was... I mean, I was almost gonna buy this show and then decided, you know what, I can't do it. This is gonna hurt too much. I just can't do it. Yeah. Well, all right. Uh, we'll we'll uh, in the next few days uh, get the uh, the top ten most hated players show uh, lined up again, and uh, we'll do that. And for everyone listening, I'm I'm pretty fired up about that show, and uh, I, I think it's going to be interesting. And and um, you know, I encourage everybody to uh, to look for it because I, I can see some of us getting pretty animated. Uh, you know as we go through it so all right guys uh take care thanks so much man have a good night as well stay safe guys that will wrap up i didn't even check what episode this was uh 91 92 i'm guessing uh we'll uh just glad to kind of be recording. I uh, I joked, you know, I I'm glad I remember how to work all this equipment and the software and whatnot. So uh, hope everyone is, uh, you know, just kind of passing the time. Hopefully your, you know, your your living situations are, you know, what they need to be. 
for uh, what's going on and uh, hopefully sports uh, get started. Not just baseball, but everything. You know, basketball fans want to finish their season. Uh, hockey fans, as we just mentioned, we're all uh, we're all missing our sports. So uh, we'll be uh, checking the uh, news in the coming days for you know more indications of uh, what is likely to happen. So take care.